Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, and welcome to Apparently Speaking. I'm Miriam Connor, and this is the podcast series from Northeast Ohio Parent, based in Cleveland, Ohio. Twice a month, we'll go beyond the pages of our parenting magazine to expand on relevant, enriching, and humorous topics, including some fascinating guests. This episode is sponsored in part by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Hi, welcome to Apparently Speaking. This is our second parent panel, and I'd like to welcome three dads to the show, Joe Leon, Craig Anderson, and Ryan Connor. And yes, Ryan is my husband, so we'll have to see how that goes. Luckily, we have editing services available. So <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on the previous episode, I talked to sports psychologist Dr. Sam Manyar about kids and sports. And if you haven't listened to that, make sure you listen to it. It was a really good discussion. So I wanted to continue the, the discussion with three dads who all have kids in sports and you've all coached or have coached your kids in sports. So welcome to the show, guys. Um, thanks for being here. So let's just kind of start out. If you can kind of tell me just what you think some positive, maybe let's start out with positive, like some positive effects that you've seen with your own kids um, with them playing sports. I'll jump in. Go ahead. This is Craig. You know, so I grew up playing sports and sports has been a great teacher of life lessons for me. So I put a lot of emphasis on, you know, sports and creating an opportunity for the kids to develop self-confidence, understand how to work with others, uh, create some self-discipline around hard work and work ethic. And so, uh, you know, most of my three kids have really gravitated for sports and I've just enjoyed seeing them be a part of that and begin to learn some of those things that sports can teach you. Okay. That's, those are great. Those are great life things, you know, life skills for sure that you think it's teaching them. What about anyone else? Well, yeah, I mean, our three kids have been the same way and as much as anything else, it's been an opportunity, um, to, you know, another level to hang out with their friends, Mm -hmm. to find out something maybe they didn't know they were good at. Um, and to kind of learn like within a team environment, sometimes they're the best, sometimes they're not the best, Mm -hmm. uh, and to set goals for themselves to, you know, if they want to excel, you know, they'll they'll embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's so many positive aspects you can take out of coaching. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you can transfer the things you want the kids to be successful in life. You can transfer those from sports to life, whether it's teamwork, communication, attitude, work ethic, so many of those kind of things, yeah. self-discipline. Um, I think all those things come into play when you're talking about sports and then transferring those into life skills as well. So that's what I love about sports is, like you were saying, Craig, you can those things that I took from, away from sports that I think helped me uh, in my life. It's cool to see the kids begin to start having those same experiences and, and from coaching them, trying to help implement some of those same things. I like it. I like it. What if your kids said tomorrow, um, Dad, we just don't, we don't want to play sports anymore at all. We're done. It's totally fine <laughs> for me. Totally fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've all started on different things yeah. and things that we thought or sports that we thought they were mm-hmm. good at. Um, that they didn't have any interest yeah, in. Yeah, totally um, the same, yeah. And then also the, the element of, you know, being in a competitive environment mm-hmm. and, you know, having the opportunity, you know, I think so many kids, especially when they're young, we kind of 
you kind of keep them away from failure and they, mm. they recognize it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's okay that sometimes you'll be on a good team and sometimes you'll be a big contributor and sometimes you won't be. Mm. Um, but it, it's their decision. Yeah, you know? but you're you're a good dad and that's healthy. You know, not we know not everybody has the same view. But yeah, sometimes it's a bummer. Like, oh, like you said, like, I thought you'd be really, you know, maybe without them hearing you, you know, yeah. maybe you tell your wife, I thought I thought they'd be really good at or that. Or they are they really are good really at good it. They are really good at it and they don't want to do it you know, anymore. Like, oh, but you have yeah. to, you know, and like um, with doc- Dr. Monier, you know, he really stressed like, we'll talk about, like, because I asked him, you know, about that kids, you know, quitting after so long and they've been so into it, you know, and kind of said, you know, well, maybe talk to them about it. You know, why? You know, what's the reason? Just to kind of see, you know, and let them kind of process through it. Is it is or is there something that would make it better or that would make you maybe want to play? And maybe it's just the fact that they just don't they're not into it anymore. They just don't right. like it or they found something else. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, you kind of have to be OK with it and not everybody not everybody is, as we've seen, but yeah, like you, you know, if you know they're good at it, it's like, oh, but you can't make them. Right. I had so many people, you know, and I've, I've been coaching a long time and coaching high school and, you know, for a long time and before I had kids and people would say, well, what if your kids don't want to play sports? Like, what are you yeah. going to do? And I would always <laughs> laugh and I go, I don't care whether my kids play sports. That's not the most important thing in my life or I want to be in their life. And I think that's where the problem is. I think to so many people, it's more important to the parents than the kids. And the kids have to want to do it on their own. They have to love it. And I would say, as long as my kids are great kids and great people and they do well in school and they, you know, they, they find whatever their niche is, that's all I need. If sports is it, great. If it's not, and I think people are surprised at times, like because it's not the end all be all that we make it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think when a parent does make it the end all be all, or it is the most important thing, then I think kids feel pressured. And sometimes they do stay with it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. for mom and dad or longer than they would want to. So I do think it's important to have that attitude. And kids need to know that if you if you want to play great, if you don't, there's no pressure here. But do it because you love it. Because you love it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I've always tried to do with my kids. Just let them try whatever. And if you want to stick with it, great. But Yeah, that's a great point. We Yeah, our oldest while ago decided soccer wasn't his thing. And we said, you know what? That's okay. If that's... Not what you want to do, you know. Let's yeah. find something else. How long else. have you been playing? Uh, so you had been playing for three years, okay. and this is our first. So yeah. you're excited, and yeah. it, being an athlete, <laughs> my wife an athlete, you know, there's sort of a, a vision of what that looks like. But you know, he just wasn't into it, and so there's no, there wasn't a reason yeah. to force him to be in in that environment where he is not passionate about it. The else. other kids, yeah. you know, see that. So it's about trying to find that path that they can uh, they yeah. can excel in. And, and there's other tools other than sports that, you know, can teach those types of things. Yeah, there are a lot of other things they can do, definitely. I like that. What about, what do you guys think about specialization? Um, Dr. Bonier had a lot to say about that. You know, he really felt that it's, it's not very healthy, um, you know, and that the kids should really play you know, do more than one sport if, if they want to. Uh, and he just went on and on about the benefits, you know, physically, emotionally, m- mentally, and all that for playing, you know, doing more than one, not specializing so early. What do you guys think about that? But I think that that's sometimes hard for us because, like, if we see, like, while they're great at, you know, whatever it is, baseball, you know, and so we want them to really focus, focus on baseball so they get that full ride and they're, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what do you guys think about that specialization? I think there's two major problems with that, and I've read a lot about this, and and Dr. James Andrews is one of the foremost experts on this, and he talked, and I've seen it as a teacher and a coach, and uh, the two things you get when you specialize too early, you get injuries and you get burnout. And I remember as a high school coach, by the time kids were juniors or seniors and soccer players, and they played soccer year-round for eight years, 
they're done. They're kind of start checking out or they just don't want to play. Or as soon as high school's over, even if they're good enough to go to college, they're like, I'm done. And so I think that is the thing people don't realize. When you specialize starting too early, and there may come a time in high school wherever you need to, but when you start specializing too early, you're going to take that risk of injuries from overuse. You're not developing different types of muscles for different sports, and you're also going to develop that that burnout with you know just because it's just too much. So I think you have to be really careful of that. And um, I just think multiple sports prepares athletes in a more complete way. It prevents injuries and it gives them a break mentally from just doing that one sport. And I've had a lot of my kids say that. So I think it's really important to, especially when they're young, let them do different things and don't specialize too early because it's got a lot of negative consequences down the road. Well, it's also fun for them. Yeah. You know, they get to try different things and, and you don't always know what you're going to be good at until you try it. Yep. Um, and I, you know, to me, um, it, it seems like the layers and the levels of a given sport um, can also have a very negative effect because uh, there's a, kind of an unwritten rule or that if your kid isn't, you know, by fifth grade on a travel team, right? why are they playing that sport? And, you know, the, there's it's a lot true. of things. It's okay if your kid is not the top level mm-hmm. kid. They're still a contributor. They're still having fun. They still enjoy the sport. And it's fine if your kids play at rec level yeah. or at a, a lower level travel. I mean, yeah. they don't necessarily have to be at the high lo- club level traveling around right, in every doing national tournaments, yeah. you know, in eighth grade. I mean, if they do, that's great. Yeah. And if they're really invested in it, mm-hmm. that's what drives it. Um, but I think I see a lot of times where parents kind of drive that. Yeah. And those are the kids that I see that either get a poor attitude about it or, yeah. or burn out because it's not their investment. Yeah. It's someone else's investment that they're trying to live out totally to. Totally agree. I, I, to, I like that you brought that up too because I think that like rec sports sometimes gets a negative, has like a negative connotation now. It's like, oh, you're just playing rec. Yeah. You must not be any good. It's like, well, that's not necessarily the case. Maybe they're really good, but they, they have other sports they're involved in or maybe they just, you know, yeah, maybe they just are doing it for fun because they like it. But it's kind of like, and we get this, pressure I think sometimes as parents as like oh they're not on this you know highest level thing maybe they should be or maybe they're not going to get to play you know in high school or whatever it is if they're only doing rec even though they're yeah in third grade or, or whatever I think well there's that, a connotation too that rec sports are not competitive right that it has to be this everyone plays and, and it is true I yeah. mean of every I mean I can't even count the number of teams that I that I've coached it all has to be competition-based because sports is about yeah. competition, competition, and it is about, in the end of the day, it's about winning. Mm-hmm. Um, in rec sports, you know, anything you coach, you never want any kid to feel like they are not playing. So right. every kid... Everyone gets to play. Everyone plays. Yeah. But you, as a coach and as a, a parent, you have to find ways to create success for that kid, mm-hmm. whether it's, hey, you know, Johnny, get two rebounds this game. Mm-hmm. Hey, Susie, I want to see you hustling so hard after that ball and rewarding what they're good at mm-hmm. uh, to reinforce it. And, you know, it, it can still be a very valuable part of life in, in rec sports. Yeah, I think rec, rec sports has a, a great place for the community and mm-hmm. for serving kids that, you know, want to be out there and, and be willing to play. Yeah, try things. Yep. And in regards to specialization, this is it's much trickier nowadays yeah. than it was, I feel like, when we were growing up, just the opportunities that are out there now for kids. And there's AU hoops, there's travel right. soccer, there's travel everything, baseball, yeah. and Every everything in between. And so it's, it, it has been more challenging as a parent trying to navigate that, figure out what's right, where do you yeah. make sacrifices, how do, you, um, how do you, you put your child in a place where they're going to 
enjoy being a part of that, feel competitive. And uh, for each of us, for each of the kids, again, it's kind of been a different path and trying to figure out what their level of interest in, in sports has been, the friendship community that they have, and trying to pick a path that kind of works best for them. But yeah. it's, a, it's a hard as a parent to try and navigate that. I think one thing is really important that people have to remember, and I try to share this when people come and ask me what, you know, what, what when should my kid, like, you know, do uh, J.O. volleyball or premier soccer or whatever or A.U. basketball. Every kid is different and every kid is unique, and I think that's the key even with your own Thank kids you're right. yeah. and how much they love it and what their commitment level is. And so this child might be ready for that higher level. They're ready for that commitment, more of that demand in that time at this age where another child might not. So that's why I tell people all the time, Know your kid and do what's best for your kid. Don't worry about what your friends are doing, your neighbors are doing, because and what might be good best for this kid, your second child may not be the same thing. It may be something different. So I think that's the important thing is just really knowing who they are and what's the best fit for them and at what level do you start committing more. Um, but again, it's just not doing it too early, I think, is the key. Yeah, so, yeah I would agree with that. Because we think have some it's... friends that have kids that are really, really good at their sport, and they're playing at a really high level and really committed. For that kid, I think that's okay. It works for that kid but not every kid can do that, so. Yeah. We're going to take a break for a minute and hear a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and continue talking to these three dads about their kids and sports. For the one in five children who have learning differences like dyslexia and attention deficits like ADHD, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their potential. Serving students in grades K through 12 from more than 80 communities throughout Northeast Ohio, Lawrence School empowers students who learn differently by accepting and affirming the diverse ways they learn, supporting them through their academic journey, and motivating them to excel beyond what they would believe imaginable. The result of these approaches is that students who previously struggled in the classroom are suddenly engaged, motivated, and confident in their ability to be successful learners. Discover the many ways we are reimagining school at www.lawrenceschool.org or by calling 440-526-0717. Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. Okay, so we're going to come back and talk to Joe, Craig, and Ryan. We're talking to these three dads on our parent panel about kids and sports. That's kind of our theme for the month. And so what do you guys think? We you kind of touched on this before we went for the break. What do you guys think is too much? Like, is there too much? Like, Ryan, you mentioned, you know, for some kids, maybe they're playing at a certain high you know, this really high level and they're playing all the time and they're every weekend and they're every night, but they really, they're very good and they seem to really enjoy it. Is there a too much or is there not depending on the kid? What do you guys think? That is a, that is a deep, deep mm. question. Yes. Um, because so many kids, depending on when you start, you may not know any different. You may just assume Saturday and Sunday is soccer tournaments mm -hmm. or basketball tournaments. Every weekend, you know? right. And, hey, Friday, I get home from school, we hop in the car, and we're driving two hours to whatever. So they don't necessarily know any different, and it doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, like Ryan, you, like you were saying, every kid is so different, and I think you realize where their interest and where their commitment is. You realize that level when there's a break in the action. Mm. What do they do? When they have their time off, what do they do? Mm -hmm. Or are you noticing like, hey, the only kids they talk to are only on their soccer team because, you know, and they don't have friends at school and they complain about mm -hmm. school. Like, 
and you kind of, I think you'd have to read those yeah. things and just kind of see where your all kid. all these other things. They don't get to right. be involved in these other things. And Dr. Monier said, you know, what are they doing? And you mentioned this too just now, Joe. Like, what are they doing on their off time? Are they, are they ever on their own going and practicing, shooting, whether it's shooting, you know, free throws or juggling the ball or whatever it might be? Are they ever doing that without you, like, you know, kind of forcing them or bribing them or really encouraging them to do it? Are they ever? And he said, you know, that's sometimes where the burnout can happen if they're they don't really maybe have that love or passion because they never want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on their own. Yeah. Something that he mentioned. I think it's great, great insight. And again, yeah, there, I don't think there's an easy answer to that. I think what you said is just being able to watch your children and, and kind of gauge how are they responding? <laughs> are they yeah. are they just completely tired all the time and just laying on the couch when they get home from practice or you know, what, what the sports psychologist said in terms of continuing wanting mm-hmm. to play. And uh, I think it's, I think it's a situation by situation and trying to, to feel for what they're, yeah. how they're responding on that. Yeah. I totally agree. It is so individualized. Like I shared before, I do think there's some general guidelines I think you can follow. I think, you know, like what's too much or this or that. I think it's so important when they're really young and the, when they first start playing sports, right? Whatever age that is at five, six, whatever. Let them try as many things as possible. Let them try things and, and, you know, hey, do you want to try this? That's what we do with our kids. Do you want to try this? If they did, great. If they didn't, there was no pressure. And then once they start trying it, then they'll kind of start gravitating this way or this way. Um, And from there, I think it's kind of a process. And as, like you guys have both said, if you start laying some foundational and general principles of kind of our, like our philosophy as a family, your philosophy is as they get older, you start saying, okay, like my son, okay, if you want to do premier soccer, it's going to be hard to do travel basketball, you know, and just having those conversations with kids and kids get to a certain age, they're pretty smart and they've got their own ideas. And I think it's important to get their input and that same talking to them, getting their input on those things is just as important as asking what they think. You know, do you think you could handle doing premier soccer and travel basketball or what do you, here's what your schedule is going to look like. I did this with my son. You're going to have these days, these days, and this is what you're going to be committed to. And he's like, you know, dad, you know, I, I, I love basketball. I want to play travel, but I think it'd be better for me to play rec. He came up with that decision. So that was kind of really cool that, you know, we kind of worked on that, but we just kind of said, here, here's, we guided him, but without really forcing either way. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't change down, down the, road. the road. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But for right now, that was best, you know, for his schedule. What about, you know, we've all seen parents and maybe we've all done this at times. I have never done it. But as far as like having an unrealistic view of your kids, you know, what do you have? You guys had that experience? I know it's it's hard to maybe admit, but it's easy to do. And then we've all seen the parents, of course, that do. And you like walk away going like they are crazy. You know what I mean? Like, but it's it's easy to do because that's your child. And, and you know, so what about something like that? Have you guys done it? What about? No well, one it's funny. It. It's fun. No, it's funny because I said this, you uh, know. It's going to be three we, guesses. Yeah, exactly. It's all well, yes. Well, you know, before I had kids, I just, you know, and I and I taught and coached for several years before I had kids, and I was like, these parents are nuts. Like some of the stories I could tell you, and then I had kids, and I got it. I'm like, now I get it. When uh-huh. it comes to your kids, why we're not rational. Like we're, we are nuts when it comes to our kids, and we're not rational. And I've seen the nicest, sweetest people who in any other context wouldn't do this, but when it comes to their kids and sports and they think their kids getting shafted or whatever, turn into a different person, do things completely out of character. And so it is a huge struggle for all of us as parents to be objective. Um, And before we had kids, I told Miriam, we're both teachers. And I said, we've got to make a pact that we're not going to be those parents that we've seen as teachers, as coaches, (laughs) like, 
let's hold each other accountable and be honest about our kids. If they're not very good, let's admit it, you know? And I think that is so important. It's the hardest thing to do, but it's really important. And when you find somebody who is really objective, Sam Manyar, who just was on here and he and I coached together and we talk about that all the time, trying to be objective because we both coach our kids. So it's the hardest thing to do, but it's one of the most important things is to really look at your kids honestly and not through rose colored glasses and, you know, be honest about their abilities. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I've I've coached all of them in different mm-hmm. sports, and so that's even a layer on top of that oh, in terms of trying to find how that balance. Because as a as a parent, and then as a coach, you want them to excel, and you can see where that potential is. But sometimes that potential doesn't always <laughs> match up to what's on right. the field. And I've got a great story that I've, I've always carried with me, and it happened with my daughter very early on. I was coaching her soccer team, and I was coaching from the sidelines. And after the game, she de- she said, uh, "Dad, why are you always yelling at me?" And here I thought <laughs> I was encouraging uh, her, yeah. her to run up and down the field and get <laughs> oh, to the ball, no. and it's this like, perception. And so that's always stayed with me in terms uh, of you know what are they hearing, what are they right. listening, and how do we either as a parent or as a coach be encouraging and, and help mm-hmm. figure out how to encourage them in a way that's, that's going to be without, them without thinking, yeah, yeah without setting out these demands yeah. or, or expectations. So. Well, Craig, I, I want to build on a point you brought up earlier about how when we were younger and when we were in sports and the evolution of, of travel and, and club sports at this point, you know, it was a big deal when we were little. And if you made a travel team, mm-hmm. because there was only like one travel team. You know, now, like, if you don't make one travel team, you try out for go another the one. the next one, you go, yeah. And there's, there's three or four travel teams that feed out of each community. Mm-hmm. And in a small community, you know, we all live in Aurora, mm-hmm. there's just not that many kids. So when you take and you're, you know, taking two-thirds of the potential player pool out into different travel teams, you're diluting the travel teams. Mm-hmm. You are removing them from the rec base and you're hurting the competition of the rec base and so i I think that evolution is something that's the rest of us haven't caught up with Mm. and so you sit there and you watch your kid who maybe is playing on a a club or a a travel team and you reverse and you think to yourself man when i was that age to be in that opportunity Mm. like i really had to work to get there that's a big deal and then now it's like it's kind of almost like you sign your kid up for a yeah, travel team. You pay yeah. your check. And unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. cut the yeah. check. You're right. You know, I mean, we've we've been through it, and yeah. I'm sure you guys, you yeah, know, with your kids, have. sometimes you you're like, why why are we paying are we to be on this? this? Yeah. Like it's a yeah. Or like, or or like I talked about this with Dr. Manier too. It's like why are we pay? Maybe they don't really. Maybe they don't love it as much as we do or thought they did, or maybe they would have been just as happy with rack, but yet we're paying this, all this money and, you know, going all over the place when they're not really working that, like you said, you're like looking at like, maybe, maybe they should have just done rack for this, this time or something. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. it. My kid is good. My kid wants to improve. Unfortunately, there's so few kids in rack that, you have to. You don't have an opportunity. Right. You have to put them in you these travel, which, again, is you generally tend to see multiple travel teams yeah. because it's someone got their nose out of joint, so they started their own team. <laughs> okay, great. You know, and that's kind of how it goes. Well, I think one more thing we haven't talked about that, that is a huge factor. I'm in charge here, is, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you'd want this part. I think you're going to like this point. 
But the funny thing is, is like parents, it becomes about them and their social life. And I know so many families, and I've had people say this to me, like that's their social life. They become so connected with these families that these their kids are part of these club teams where they're traveling all over. And go, you can get really, when you spend a whole weekend with somebody and you're staying in a hotel and you're going to all these games, I've had so many parents tell me they love it. It's the Which highlight. Is great. It's the great, highlight of their week. They look forward yeah. to it. In high school, I had parents that were so devastated that were like, "I don't know what I'm going to do because for the last eight uh, years, my kids have been playing club soccer, and these families, we, these are my closest friends, and when they're done playing high school, they don't know what to do. They're lost. And so, I think you have to be very careful as a parent. It doesn't become about you and your relationships because kids see that and they're going to feel that pressure to be like, oh, "I got to keep playing because this is so important to mom and dad." So there's a whole other layer to it that sometimes we forget about and I've had so many people share that and I think it does become it means more to the parents than the kids and it's become more uh, important to the parents than the kids because of those relationships mm-hmm. no that's a good point definitely and it's and we talked about that even with you know with Sam a little bit just as far as just keeping check you know of those kind of things and making sure it's all for the right reasons and it's hard to sometimes you know we do look at those are our kids those are our babies and you know and 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 we'll do it you know like i feel sometimes like you're harder you know your view like i'll say like oh how do you think they've played or whatever whichever can Ryan will be like yeah they're okay and i'm like what they did great. They were, they were, they did this. Spoken this, like a true know? mom. Yeah. Right. And mom always really thinks they play great no matter sport, what. You know, I thought they were I'm awesome. Like, well, like, did you not see you the three turnovers yeah. and the <laughs> terrible <laughs> shot selection? And, and she's like, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. I did not. I thought I he was amazing. And it's all okay. <laughs> it's all and it's okay. good. It's a good balance because yeah. they need mom to just be their number one cheerleader. And, you know, that's okay if I'm the bad guy sometimes. But what about coaching? So you guys have all coached your kids. So is it hard for you to have other people coach your kids? Like, I always think that might be, you know what I mean? Just because you, you've done it and you kind of, and you know, and it's your kids and you're like, uh, so you're not coaching and you're just the dad in the stand. So is it hard to like, you know, not say anything? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a control issue, but at the same time, when I, when other people coach my kids, I get to see my kids not worry about me. Mm. You know, I get to see what someone else can recognize as a talent in my kid it's a fresh viewpoint, mm-hmm. objective. Maybe they don't even know my kid, yeah. and it's the first time. And I see that my kid put into positions of, of performance within whatever sport they're playing that I, I didn't see, mm-hmm. and that's phenomenal. Yeah. So, I mean, I've loved coaching the kids. Yeah. I mean, we have great memories. We have all the pictures. We yeah, have trophies. So it's, it's great. But at this point, like, I feel like I've done what I wanted yeah. to do and I've been involved and and my kids enjoy playing mm-hmm. you know for and, and with other people. So it doesn't it doesn't bother yeah. me at this point. That's good. What about you Craig? Yeah, I would You're echo coaching still. I'm still point. coaching. Yeah. So I I I'm a uh I guess a, a closet rec coach, right? So that's <laughs> that's where my skills can can take me. But I've coached, uh, you know, I rotate the kids is what yeah, I've done. I've yeah. done soccer in the fall with my youngest, and then basketball with my oldest mm-hmm. in the winter, and then softball in the uh, spring with my daughter. And I've tried to rotate that so I get that experience and that time with with each one of the kids. But um, I think Joe, what you're saying at the same time. there's a level of response, I think, that my children get from me versus another coach. And I think another coach, and and we've had great coaches and they have great coaches now, they're able to communicate 
and instruct in a way that mm-hmm. dad still can't. Dads, yep. so, yeah. And so, you know, as long as those values align yes. and I've, I've always, from a rec perspective, I've always kind of taken on the philosophy of, you know, we're here to have fun. We're here to create friendships and we're here to learn fundamentals. And if I, I like could get that. these kids to come out the next year and keep playing, that was my, my goal. And as long as, you know, that philosophy and, and as they grow and get into more competitive sports, you know, that, that comes to play. But as long as those values align and the, and the coaches helping to instruct, it's, I, I think it's a great thing. And I, for me, it's, it's probably just, harder for you, yeah. I think, Ryan. <laughs> no, but for me, it's just about competency, right? And, yeah. and and I've said this before, like, even if maybe they're not the greatest technical coach or they're not the greatest of skills, but if they create a great environment, if it's a positive environment and the kids are having fun at the rec level I'm talking about, um, I can live with that. You know, I'm okay if they're having a positive experience and and those kind of things. I think that's the biggest thing for me. And you have me. said from time to time, because you've he's coached our son for years, and you have said from time to time, it might be good for him to... At some point. At yeah. some point, you know, get away, from somebody yeah. else, you know, yeah. here, mm-hmm. here, here's something, learn something different. Here's something different. It's always, you know, my voice he's hearing, you know, so. Well, so here's an example. My daughter was playing soccer and having a miserable experience. She's playing travel soccer, having a miserable experience and it was just to the point where she wanted to quit. And so I stepped in and, and I was, like I said, I'm okay if you're going to do a good job and make sure the kids have, you know, but it was a very toxic situation. And yeah. so I stepped in and said, let me have them. I told the you know person, I said, okay, let me, let me coach these girls because I knew I would make sure she had a positive experience. Not that I'm the greatest coach in the world, but I knew it would be better than what she was having. And I wanted to make sure it wasn't ruined for her. So that moment I stepped in and, and I really felt it was important for me to coach her. Now, if she'd had a really good coaching, I wouldn't even have thought about that. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important. It's on an individual basis. My son, I've been coaching him in soccer and basketball. I'm the only coach he's ever had. And so... I've, every year I'm like, do you want me to keep coaching you? That's mm-hmm. the first thing is, do you want me to keep I coaching? I think that's an important point too. Yeah. Like, do your kids enjoy having you as a coach? Mm-hmm. And I think most kids do, especially when they're little. But there may be a point where, you know, and so far he's said yes, but there and may I, be a and point I where he says keep telling no. him, I'm like, at some point, it's buddy, okay. I got, he's 11 yeah. now. So you t- I gotta, I'm going to step away and let, you know, he's like, no, dad, no, I want you to coach me forever, you know. And I'm like, well, we'll we'll take it one year at a time. But um, you know, that's kind of the way I approach then with my kids. Then when the kids. day comes and he says, "Yeah, yeah. I want some," you're gonna be like, "Oh, I'm be devastated!" Oh my gosh, be in tears, <laughs> get your own ride to practice. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, um, you're not playing. And we've been, I guess we've been lucky so far. We've we've had good coaches, but I could yeah. see where perhaps bad, that doesn't align, ones, yeah. and and then all of a sudden, that's yeah, that that you don't want your child to be mm-hmm. put into a situation where uh, it's going to be toxic and and not productive. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for being here and coming out and being on our second parent panel. It was fun to talk to dads um, and get your perspective and, and viewpoint on this topic, which I think there's so much that we could keep talking about. Um, but thank you again to Craig Anderson, Joe Leon, and Ryan Connor. So thanks, guys, so much for being thank here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you would like to be part of a future parent panel, email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com find us at northeastohioparent.com the northeast ohio parent newsletter facebook and instagram and subscribe to apparently speaking on itunes google play and podbean this episode has been sponsored in part by lawrence school where great minds don't think alike for the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits lawrence school is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential Discover more at lawrenceschool.org.